Hello everyone, welcome to Real Stuff with me, Hunter Johnson. We live in an interesting time for masculinity. It's an inflection point, we might say. The script we've inherited from our fathers and grandfathers is being questioned. Whether it's the increasing rates of mental illness, loneliness, education dropout rates, incarceration rates or domestic violence, it's clear something needs to change. So we have to ask ourselves, are the models of masculinity we've inherited working for us? Who do we look to for role modelling and inspiration? What does modern masculinity actually look like? And how do we embody this without losing our favourite masculine traits? The Real Stuff podcast creates a space for these messy and imperfect conversations to explore modern masculinity and so much more. I hope you have a laugh, shed a tear and learn something as we explore these edgy yet important topics. This week, we have the incredible Monty Morgan, who is one half of Client Liaison. Now, I've had some of the best experiences of my life listening to Client Liaison's music, and it was a huge pleasure and a huge privilege to sit down and hear and understand more behind Monty's personal story. I know he's a great creative talent, but what really, really impressed me was his authenticity. We talk about Monty's journey growing up as a creative talent in Australian culture, how Client Liaison used performance to comment on Australian social and political issues, how Monty had Prince as an incredible music mentor. We also touch on how spirituality and transcendence play a role in client liaison's music and how he deals with his mental health, particularly with the highs and the lows of musician life. This was a belter of a conversation. I hope you enjoy it. And definitely, if you haven't already, make sure you check out client liaison's music. Monty, one half of Client Liaison. Dude, so good to hang out with you. Thanks for having me. I was just chatting to you saying I've definitely had some of the best times of my life to your music, which is some very big, fun experiences. One of them actually with none other than uh, Daryl Braithwaite. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I was in attendance. Was New Year's Eve? New, I think it was a New Year's Eve one. Yeah. That was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. So, yeah, that was... Yeah, we just we always wanted to one up ourselves and try and bring the big guests on stage. So he came out and we we did horses with him. That was pretty special. Unbelievable. I think I was on someone's shoulders who was a close friend and it was a very sweaty affair, but definitely worth it. Yeah. First of all, thanks so much for just creating the time to be here. I know particularly for a lot of musicians now, it's been such a full on past couple of years that you know hasn't necessarily been recognized by those in certain levels of power what the creative industry has been through but we're also at really exciting times where things the lights are starting to turn back on the music starting to be played um and today i will get to kind of the the musician the creative the performer side but also like a really good chance to just meet you Mm -hmm. in however long you would like to share we'd love for our listeners, some of them would be very familiar with you, but some of them, you know, this might be the first time encountering you and the music of Client Liaison. I'd love to just hear a little about who you are. I tell myself I'm a dancer first and a uh, probably a performer second and a singer third, a producer and fashion designer. I love performance and dance and music and uh, it's coming on 10 years that client liaison has been releasing music which is myself and harvey miller who i met through an old friend of mine he's my old friend geordie's brother and geordie now plays in our band so yeah we started 10 years ago we released a song called end of the earth on youtube got a little bit of a buzz and we started playing shows around melbourne and then we just slowly 
kept pushing and releasing music and trying to um, market our music in different ways and performing eventually around the world. Yeah, that's what we still do today. You made it out 10 years. That feels like you're, you're kind of seasoned now. Do you feel 10 years? Is that a milestone for you guys? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, especially after COVID. We were in the like third or fourth chapter of our career, which is quite nice. We always said that we straddled the pop, the underground world and the pop world because we've got quite a poppy sound, but we've put a real emphasis on having like a greater meaning in our lyrics, um, making people think twice, giving like a whole another visual representation, a multi-sensory experience to our shows and videos. We, we liked that positioning of being poppy everyone should know who client liaison is and also from the underground like Mm. who is this what why haven't i heard of this this is weird i don't get it i want to go back to what you said around being a dancer Mm -hmm. and that was the first word that you identified in in australian masculine culture how have you navigated someone who has you know you you identify as a dancer has that been something you've had to move through yeah i mean yeah things have changed uh when i was growing up was a little bit different it's not that long ago but um (laughs) I've always enjoyed dressing up. I love Prince. He's my hero. I used to um, listen to Prince so fervently and and follow him around. Eventually, he brought me up on stage a few times, which is awesome. But I would dress pretty crazy, and I'd go into the countryside, and people would heckle at me. I've always enjoyed dressing differently and, like, pushing boundaries of performance and music and that kind of thing. I found Australia quite closed-minded especially in the countryside. And our first song, End of the Earth, is about Australia and it's actually a criticism of Australia and the tall poppy syndrome and bringing people down. We ended up making a music video that celebrated Australia, so it had like two layers to it, which is actually quite nice. Because then once we actually started performing and people started cheering, the, the, the script flipped in my head, you know. It's like glass is half full. Like this country's amazing and actually it celebrates difference and celebrates creativity you've just got to really put it out there and make your stand if i think about my teenage years like i remember in year nine um for a certain art assignment i topped the grade and my mate goes that's a bit gay and i was like well i'll never do art again yeah and and so a big journey for me and also i was totally in that culture too that was just the slang that was Mm -hmm. used and you know absolutely take my responsibility for that but then at the same time, a big journey I've gone on now is how do I reclaim back my creativity? Mm-hmm. And so a couple of years ago, I, I was like, what is something that I would do that is so off-brand for me? Like, And I was like sitting on the couch, I was like, stand-up comedy course at NIDA. Wow. And I remember signing up to the course, rocking up there, and I was sitting there in this small circle in this like very dingy room. Everyone's like, so let's check in while you're here. Uh, why are you here? And um, everyone's like, oh, people say I'm funny. I've always wanted to be a comedian. And I was like, I'm just shitting myself. Everything in my identity says don't be here and that's why I'm just doing this. It was just, a, it like it cracked something open in me. Yeah. You know, I've shared that story with a couple times with a few different people but for me it was just an opening into this part of myself that I just shut off. Mm-hmm. And if I look at like particularly your journey, it seems like you lent into that really young. Was that because of family environments? Was it because of inspiration you got from Prince? Or what was the little creative fire? I mean, um, when I was growing up, I'd always, like, if I was with my friends, you know, the parents would have dinner and I'd be like, let's put together a play. Let's put together a performance. Or we'd film videos, like action videos with little video handy cams, that kind of thing. I don't know, creativity, creative things just get me excited. In terms of that journey of, like, 
I kind of hated Australia coming out of school. I actually went to school with a lot of country kids and I loved them a lot. But there was like a, I went to boarding school and there was a distinction, there was distinctions in your identity between a third of the school was from Asia, then a big proportion was from the country, and then there was the city kids. And then there was the local kids and there was these kind of divides and mm. there were so many wonderful people. And of course, people were friends with everyone, but I, I found that very frustrating. And I really came alive when I traveled overseas and I really connected with India because it had different subsets of cultures, but people were so proud of their identity and proud that their identity was part of many mm. other identities. Just such a colorful culture, mm. you know, celebrating the, the diversity of the culture. In Australia, I felt like people were scared. Some people would like pretend to be the country kid or, yeah. you know, pretend to be part of the Asian group. I didn't like that. You know, it's double-edged sword. Like, I feel like I was a bully at school. I was a bully, but then I would help kids that would be bullied. But there's something powerful about breaking people's expectation and through performance and dressing and creativity when you see someone perform at first you feel discomfort for them and you go oh no please please Mm. don't don't be embarrassed don't be embarrassed but when you see them have confidence it brings confidence out of you yeah and suddenly there's a connection and that like seeing that relationship between audience and performer i just love that yeah absolutely it's it's almost from my experience the permission gets given to be like oh i've got that unlocked in me yeah i had very similar high school experience as you were saying that i was like wow like that's literally how our school was set up Mm -hmm. as well and then the policing that went on in school of like you know you can do that you can't do that i'm gonna bully you so that i the hierarchy the social hierarchy was massive and it was like you know you you have to establish what role you play in that hierarchy yeah and sometimes it's like to to bully or other times you do get bullied because that's how it goes around i often think back for the you know the creative kids like that's where like creativity in Australia, I think there is so much brilliance, but then also to your point, the tall poppy syndrome Mm. really like cuts people down. And that's effectively what the analogy is for people who aren't familiar with it. It's basically if there's a tall poppy in the field, you cut it down. So it's the same height as everyone. And there's actually a really interesting book called the Australian leadership paradox, Mm. what it takes to lead in the lucky country. And they talk about us having a really high dependence on authority, but a low trust. We really um, love the underdog story and, and we love the larrikin nature and tall poppy syndrome as these like four key pillars. And one of the theories for like modern white Australia is that's because we were in, we're convicts yep. established for this, you know, part two of Australia's colonial history established as convicts. So if you're doing better than anyone else as a convict, you cut them down. You love the larrikin because they bring up morale in the jail cell. Um, you're all underdogs. And and so it's a very interesting psychology that's there. I remember I attended a, a conference in the US once and um, I remember walking in and being like, so people be like, oh, cool. What's your name? What do you do? And I was like, oh, my name's Hunter. This is what I do. And I just watched them like die. And then I was like, what do you do? And they're like, I do this, 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 this. And they really sold themselves. And I was like, wow. Next person I met, I tried it on. And it was a very different experience, mm. particularly in the States. Like they really lit up. Yeah. Have you found that for, for like the expression that's almost allowed or the permission to be more expressive as you've toured across the world? Yeah, definitely. The clubs in Europe, the... Yeah, the freedom. I think you've hit a really good point, though. Like, there's a conflict between tall poppy syndrome and creative expression in mm. Australia. So, yeah, that, 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 and that was a conflict for me. So, you, you're kind of vulnerable when you're coming out of school as well. Yeah. So, now I don't, I don't think about it, you know. I don't care. And, and I think 
Australia is a more creative, diverse place as well. It's great. Yeah. So, like, you know, and it's continually trying to celebrate more, more and more diversity. So it's not something I think about as much anymore. But it's interesting even hearing how you've talked when you're coming out of school, even how you reflect back on the school's social status and the hierarchies and the sex of high school. But then, you know, the first music that you produced as well was like a social commentary. Right. So has that level of like social awareness always been there for you where you can kind of step back a bit and see how things are organised? Oh, I mean, I'm probably, I'm probably fearful of being too truthful in my work. And Mm. because I love theatre and I I love that element of performance of whoa what is real and what is not that often the songs that I've uh, written are in bubbles but I would like to do that more like comment on society and and the, the world and where it's going yeah I think you guys do that really well well even if it's like the taste tester now yeah. like you know the satire that is then turned up right yeah like you know the limousines mm-hmm. and then john howard like well, yeah like the limousine's an interesting one because it's like oh we're gonna we're gonna write a song about a limousine it's like oh fancy limousine <laughs> but like limousine's kind of a funny <laughs> yeah. luxury item you know yeah. it's like a novelty item you yeah. know? and we, we bought an 80s a vintage 80s limousine so it's great. like luxury <laughs> limousine like everyone can get around that what's the what's the process for coming up with those like iconic australia even like could you just give us a bit of a background you know you talk about being board members you know like your merch as well like mm-hmm. there's so much thoughtfulness around the satire could yeah. you just bring that to life a bit we get asked about it a lot and it, it seems so like the process is quite automatic we're just trying to find things that connect that add new meaning to the music or even within the music. So it's hard to talk about and you get yourself in some pickles when you start talking to people that are well-versed in university literature and you're like, you know, Australian identity and that kind of thing. And it's like, oh God, why are we even playing in this space? But it, it comes from a place of fun, really. Yeah. It's like having fun and connecting to people. That's the, the main thing. And we will go to any length possible to have an outcome that we're satisfied with. And there's two of us and we both have to agree on things. So sometimes it takes a long time. Yeah. And we, we love collaborating for that reason because it, you know, throws the ball around, especially with music videos and things like that. But yeah, we just keep going until something kind of sticks and yeah. it can be something very absurd. Yeah. You know, that in the end is is the best and just feels right. Feels right. Yeah. And then connects to the audience. Yeah. Isn't it? That's part of the creative process. It's like, we're here now? How do we... Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah that's good. It's like, oh... Let's give champagne. Uh, let's give oysters out during our DJ set. You know, like that's great. Or like, what about I change my shirt during the DJ set and iron a shirt on stage? You know, because I want a fresh press shirt because I've been dancing too hard. You know, it's like cool. It's so good because it is purely brilliant and creative, but also it becomes like the talking point or one of the talking points from the performance right. too. Yeah, because yeah. people people listen with their eyes. First, yeah, you know, yeah. they see, they get. You know, they get pulled in by their eyes. And so when we were starting out, you'd be on this shitty little stage and we'd bring our own smoke machine. Yeah. And we'd go straight to the lighting console. Like, forget the sound check. We need the lights to be right. Oh, can we turn the house lights on and then off and people arrive so it jolts them or something? You know, like any way to stand out. Oh, so good. I feel like sometimes people take that for granted. Like, the Mm -hmm. first of all, the grind. It's what do they say? Like, the long road to overnight success Mm -hmm. is, you know, they just see the big performance now. But it's like, literally, go back in time. You're doing the admin and the ops and the logistics required. Oh yeah, we were we were on the catering. You know, we would do everything. We've done everything, which is really fun. It's like really nice to be hands on, but also use 
you know, big crews or go to big studios, but also just do everything yourself. It's like really empowering. It's great. It's just like in the end, it's about having fun for us. So something that gets us excited. As someone who's been in the audience multiple times, I can feel it, you know, and like even now how much you light up talking about the creative brilliance in it is just, it's really special. Yeah, when we were starting out, people would just hide behind their instruments, especially in Australia. Like, yeah. you go to the States and the bands are like, whoa, they're yeah. like crazy outfits and like really performing. And it's like, Jesus. But here it was like, no one's doing anything. They're just hiding behind their instruments. You know, it's like, oh, it's cool. And everyone's like, yeah, it's cool. It's like, yeah, but you're not engaging. You're not connecting, mm, you know, yeah. making people think. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's, often you hear so much about feeling in music, but then mm. also making people think, I think, is mm. a very interesting point as well. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In all your kind of performances, are there any kind of standout, I know that's a hard question, but moments or, or performances where things have just like almost been like a spiritual experience where you've just gone yeah. hoofed? Yeah, I mean, that transcendental feeling is, Mm. it's often there. It's nice when you feel, you know, you have the audience in the palm of your hand. Yeah. That connection. And it's even better when they, you don't have them at the start. They're unsure. Yeah. And then you say, oh, you see their faces like, like, oh, and they light up and then they start dancing and let go themselves. But um, I'd often, I just say the biggest. Yeah. You know, because it's such a rush. You always want it to be bigger and yeah. connect with more people and get a bigger rush yourself. Yeah. It's a drug of a kind. So, I mean, Splendor in the Grass with Tina Arena a few mm. years ago, that was pretty magical. Most shows, they kind of start with a high, then they go up and they have to come down. Yeah. You know, people just have to have a breather. Yeah. Our down point was Tina Arena coming on stage. <laughs> yeah. And so it just never went, it never came down. Yeah. It just kept going up. How do you, because in the human experience, if we go up, to your point, you have to go down. Mm. How have you navigated that? Even as someone being a performer, like I can't believe I'm about to reference this, but I also can believe it. I remember watching the Lady Gaga documentary mm. on um, Netflix yep. and she talks about going, being on stage, 100,000 people screaming out to her, her name to then going back to a hotel room and she's by herself. Yeah, yeah. Have you had to navigate anything like that with these big peak experiences that then you drop back down into kind of yourself? Of course, yeah. It messes with your sleep, your psyche, your ego, you know, family life, Mm. you know, because it's an absurd proposition that all these people are like, oh, you're amazing. Yeah. It's like, what? This is some character I've created. This is not me. So, um, and also music is so tied up with momentum. If a band has momentum, then doors start opening, start creating more momentum. Oh, yeah. get bigger, you know. Oh, it's like it's a consumerism of a sort. Yeah. We'll consume more and then we'll get bigger. And then, you know, and COVID's really, you know, we've had some troubles and COVID hit. And then it's like, wow, it's a wake up call. We come and do it now. And like after a while, it's like, oh, you know what's good for you. And you can have a dabble of ego and a dabble of party and, yeah. you know, yeah. and still do the like, Still be naughty, yeah. You know, like yeah. In, in inverted commas, yeah. And, you know, still let loose, and yeah, you got. It's it is hard to stay grounded. I, I get caught up in like, why did 
because I take the work so seriously. Like I just think of our last show last weekend, our, our sax player put his flute on the table where I get, I do a costume change. I was like, don't put your flute there. And he's like, I was doing it cause of the, I was like, don't put your flute there. And it was like, there's so much tension. Mm. It's so like, there's so it's palpable. And then you finish and you're like, yeah. And you hug and it's awesome. A lot of the time you're just trying to deal with the chatter of your mind, which oh. we're all trying to do, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I think also to your point there, like it is absolutely like a, a peak experience moment where your senses are so alive and alert and the adrenaline is flowing. And in that moment, particularly when you're performing, like your every minute feeling you're in almost alignment and like flow with. And so having the flute there is fucking annoying. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, just don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And so that's an interesting kind of point is amongst like having to be on and in front of so many people, no doubt there are conflicts inside of the team and, or the, the band and, and the crew around it. How do you navigate conflicts when it's all about like being on and looking all happy, but then you got to run an operation in the background? Yeah. I would say don't take yourself too seriously, but I do that. I can't help it. (laughs) You know, communication. You just periodically, when things, when it's hard to communicate, that's when you need to the most, you know. When you feel that there's tension and you don't want to talk about it, that's when you do. And it just builds up and eventually you will. Yes, (laughs) yeah, it gets there. And and it it always helps. You know, there there is times when it it just, that you can't reconcile things, but. And I think that's the hardest thing, right, when, you got so much going on. You just feel like a kettle that's about to boil mm. and the steam goes off. It's like, oh, that's when I got to communicate the most. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, a big, a, a really big uh, helpful thing that I've done in the last few years is start a gratitude journal. Nice. And just, I got one off the internet. It's like, has a quote at the top. It's called by Intelligent Change. They have these different journals. Quote at the top, three things that you're grateful for. Mm. And I try to do like lovely warm ginger tea. Then I say, oh, this beautiful house I'm in and Mm. our audience that come to our shows and cheer. That's amazing. And then it's three things you'd like to do today. And then a daily affirmation. I am a singer, writer. Cause I don't, I don't believe I'm a singer. You know, Mm. I'm like, I'm not really a singer. I'm not really a musician. Yeah. It happens to all of us. And then at the end of the day, there's a little section that says three things that were great that happened today. That just, it really helped me shift my mind. I take things so seriously. Mm just seeing the, the things that aren't right, you know, being a perfectionist. Yeah. You you're, you're have turmoil from that mindset. So just opening it up and having some gratitude and, and trying to give more in your mindset. So good. They, the gratitude itself from a psychological point of view actually does start to rewire the chemicals in your brain mm-hmm. because you slow down, you become more present and you think about the opportunities that are in front of you yeah. opposed to just the autopilot, everything's getting faster and quicker and I need yeah. more or the consumerism culture. But then also the ritual of doing that too. Mm-hmm. You know, as your, to your point, like the discipline of sitting down and doing it. A big, I think, gateway for my mental health journey too was, was learning how to journal. And I remember at the beginning I was also sounds like a bit of a perfectionist and I was like fuck what am I going to write dear diary like you know who's going to read this thing like fuck it was a really liberating experience for me going oh I don't need it's not about being perfect just let my brain unravel the other thing which I do which makes a difference is say the thing and say because of so I give a reason as to why it is which for me just kind of makes it more it kind of ingrains it even further so what's an example so I would say right now I'm really grateful for the relationship I have with my partner it's mm-hmm. like we're just in a pocket where shit's going on but we're just 
doing it really well together. Yeah. So I'd say I'm really grateful for Loz because she can hold me when I'm feeling a bit sad, but also brings me up when I'm ready to be brought up. Awesome. So it's just yeah. like kind of brings it to life. Yeah. Is there anything else you do to, to manage your mental health? I mean, I've just in the past week, again, tried to start a mindfulness practice. I mm. struggle with that. Yeah. Exercise. Seeing a psychologist yeah. really was really helpful in the last few years who worked with a, something called ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, which gets you out of the talking brain. And, mm. you know, it's like, what, what am I going to do about this? How am I going to get out of this repetitive cycle of thoughts? Let the feelings, you know, give, give space for my feelings, diffuse the thoughts in my head. Those kind of techniques mm. have been really helpful. Diet. Yeah. I mean, I tried it all, you know, yeah. like when you're, yeah. when you're, when your game is so linked to your thought process, you know, when your, your work is so linked expression, you know, yeah. trying to, and, and writing a song for me is not an easy process as well. So, you know, psychedelic drugs, you know, things like that have opened my mind in different ways, but you know, that can be abusive as well. I don't know what I haven't tried, I guess. Yeah. And, and that's part of it for me is to keep mm. trying and searching and finding and putting your mind in different places. Yeah. Travel, you know. Travel, perspective yeah. shifts and yeah. meeting yourself where you're at because mm-hmm. one thing one day might not be relevant. You're like, yeah. I don't actually feel like gratitude is the best thing for me today. Yeah. I do feel like going for a walk in nature with no technology is. Nice. Yeah, I really like that. And I think the other thing is because of your role, I assume when you're not good, people can feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're yeah. not aligned, it's yeah, like, yeah. what was wrong with him? Like, you know. <laughs> I used to remember when I'd see Prince, he was always on but I could tell when he was in a bad mood. It was like, I could tell if he was jet lagged or... Yeah. <laughs> I could tell when he was in a good mood. Yeah. Dude, tell me about Prince. I really connected with Prince when I was finishing school many years ago. And he wasn't, he hadn't done the Grammys or anything. He hadn't like come back into cycle. He was a bit off cycle. Oh, he's weird. I get very obsessed with artists and I like to listen to their whole discography mm. and look at their journey and how they make it. And with Prince, it just didn't stop. Just like <laughs> this album after album after album and side project, there's like four albums a year. It just doesn't end. And I came across an album called The Rainbow Children and it was his latest album. And it's like a little known jazz Jehovah's Witness funk Odyssey album. And it turned into my favorite album. It's a very bizarre, long album very instrumental based i was like what he's still doing this okay i gotta keep following him so then i started following him on the forums and collecting bootlegs and and the fashion the films Mm. it just didn't stop and then i started seeing him live and when he'd come to australia i'd see multiple shows and every show would be different and he invited me up on stage did that just happen or it happened on the fourth show that i saw him although there was at the time it was um you could be part of his music club cool, and he'd invite you to the sound check. So there'd be like 40 people at the sound check. And then if there was an after show, you got to go to an after show. So sometimes there's three shows in a day. It was like hard to keep up. And I guess I stood out and on the fourth show, the crowd just wasn't vibing in Sydney and he picked me out from 15 rows. And I was like, oh, I could like feel like he was looking at me, Mm. but I'm like, you don't actually realize until you get on stage, you can see everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he picked me out on the like fifth song. He's like, what's your name, man? Monty. He's like, you know what to do? don't you let nobody bring you down and I oh, just started dancing so good yeah and then I stayed on stage and his wife was filming me on the little handy cam and it was fun I was like crazy high and then you fall down mm. like depressed like what yeah. am I doing I'm a prince fan <laughs> yeah. a few years later I was traveling to Cuba and with some friends and on the way I went to Las Vegas 
ended up on the way back. He had his own club there. So you'd see him play in his club and then he'd play in his restaurant afterwards. Cool. Um, and he, again, he brought me up on stage then. And then a third time in Australia, he brought me up on stage in, in Melbourne. By that stage, I had released some music and was, was doing some shows. And I was like, this is not my end goal in life to get yeah. on stage with Prince, you know? Because, <laughs> like, when you're that much of a fan and it consumes you. Mm. I mean, I would walk around with burnt CDs in my backpack. Wow. Handing them out to friends. And everywhere I would go, people would play Prince. Like, wow. I was like the Prince guy. You were the Prince guy. And people were, like, talking about, like acoustic albums and bootlegs and like oh yeah i found this and we're just everyone was talking about prince it was great <laughs> we were also into like craft work there's a few other things we we're into like we dress a certain way and like yeah there was a few men's friends making art it was a cool time yeah but i was like okay this is i've, I've just gone too deep yeah like, I've, I've od'd on prince <laughs> yeah i need to i need to do my own thing yeah. and i was like but do my own thing like i like prince That's, mm. this is ridiculous i can't do anything near prince and then when you, 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 you know, when you start making art, you, you start off as a connoisseur of the art. So when you go to make it, you go, I'm so far away from this. I can't do it. I yeah. can't. But I, I don't know. I just, my friend, he had a 16 track and he taught me how to use it a bit. And I started making music with him and I was like, cool. And um, eventually my obsession of Prince was still there, but I, I got it more into travel and um, making music myself. Have you since reconnected with him given the work? The, all the performances you guys are doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I got to see his last run of shows cool. in Australia, a bunch of them, and it was just him on a piano, and that was merely months before he died. Yeah. Was, yeah, it was very, very crazy time. Yeah, and I, I go through still periodic sessions of connecting with Prince. <laughs> He's the greatest of all time. Almost like he was the music mentor for you. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he's the, he's the full package. He didn't care what, what other people thought. And it was art first. Yes. It's not about him as a person. Yeah. So there was a persona and that kind of yeah. helped it all, but it was just the art first. Do you, do you think, hey, just coming back to what you said earlier around this like dance of being a character, mm-hmm. but also still being, you know, Monty, mm-hmm. like do you think Prince, did he merge into like the one that he is now Prince or – what do you think his journey was in... Because you have to be on, right? And that's like, you have to be the performer if you're... He wasn't a performer first, though. You don't think... No. 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 He was very shy. Yeah. He was a musician first. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah he learned how to perform. And yeah. then it was the the art and the creativity that built up into... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything... You know, he, he, he was just the hardest worker. Yeah. He's just the hardest... Like, he's the hardest worker. Yeah, he's a genius, but... I would just probably say he's the hardest worker. So good to hear that, isn't it? Like, yeah. And from someone who obviously knows him very well, it's like you see the name, the icon, the Mm. symbol. It's just like this epic. It's almost surreal. Yeah. But then to know that that's built in a way. Yeah. I think think he struggled to connect with people as a kid and the studio was his safe haven. Yeah. And he got some opportunities to work in a studio by himself. And he definitely had a gift. But he worked very hard. I mean, the, the, the best thing I learned from Prince is to film your shows and watch them afterwards. The first time I saw our show, we were doing some supports, some very early shows, and I thought I was shit hot. Everyone yeah. was like, you're amazing. Wow, this is so great. You guys are so different. I was like, yeah, we rock. 
someone filmed the show and I saw it and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that is embarrassing. I'm so bad. My voice is out. My dance moves are out. What am I doing here? This is horrible. And so from there, I was like, I've got to improve my game because I'm not proud of that. Yeah. So yeah, we film our shows and watch them back. That's the best way to learn. You know, so you, you, you're the yeah. best critique. So Yeah, you're always your harshest critic too, yes, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what needs work. Hey, what did you think? You know, right now we're like, we're introducing magic into our set. So there's like flames and lights oh, and stuff. So good. Hey, did you see the flames? They're like, what? <laughs> no, like flames? <laughs> they were chatting to their friend. Yeah, time. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going to the bar for another drink. Yeah. Oh, come back. I want to come back as well because I think Prince enters into this category too, but also what you said around this element of like transcendence when mm-hmm. you're on stage. Yes. Can you just bring that to life? What do you mean by that? Well, you're in the zone, yeah. that's for sure. And the zone for you, like, because some people will never have this experience of like, first of all, being on stage, but yes. second of all, f- yes. owning it as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I remember you were saying you were, you were nervous. You had a big talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nerves are a good thing. That's yeah. the first thing. Yeah. You just got to, nerves are there to help you perform. Yeah. To increase your, you know, sensory experience. Mm. Too many nerves, you're just going to be frazzled. And too little, which happens to me sometimes, yeah. you don't care. Yeah. But if you've got that right amount of nerves and then you feel the silence between you and the audience, there's this kind of magic mm. air between you. You feel the vibrations between you. When you've got that there, you manage to capture that. Because sometimes you're just performing, you're just doing your thing nervously, doing it. <laughs> yeah. And they're watching you and you're settling in. Yeah, hopefully there comes a time where they, they relax as yeah. well because it's a symbiotic relationship. So yeah. they both relax and then the air between you becomes like special sacred ground that yeah. information is travelled over. And often it's errors mm. that make people relax. Yes. You're all perfect. I do a mic trick and I drop it and yeah. I laugh. And then they're like, oh, no. But then you keep going. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't care that he made an error. Okay, let's go. And then from that point, yeah, the zone is like ripe. You know, and everyone gets in the zone all yep. the time. You know, you do it reading a book. People think the zone is so special. You know, so I, the song just came to me. No, <laughs> you were just in the zone and yeah. your subconscious was working. And you were just flowing. Channeling something. You're just flowing. Like, we flow all the time. And some people access it quite easily and some people struggle. I think it is transcendental. Like, it is pretty magical. I remember the first time we played a festival and I was like, this is where I belong. This big stage, this big energy. There's more people. There's more reason to look and not miss out on something. You know, yeah. you're not going to miss the flames. You know, this is everyone's watching. I need to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and feeling being at the center of that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. What is that like? It's quite quite humbling, actually. Mm. I think. You know, you think it makes you go, "I'm amazing," but you realize so much could go wrong. And so, in embracing that potential of something going wrong, is like kind of good well it comes back to what you said around that like if you do stuff up my experience with not nowhere near yours but is being on stage as the audience reacts to how you react yes yeah so yeah. if i panic they mm, panic yeah but if i laugh oh he's a human yes, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah my first experience with that was year six canberra camp our school went to canberra we had we had a fire on the hill one night and it was like, you know, oh, we get to stay up late tonight. We had a fire and they had stories and maybe songs. And then we had to walk down the hill from the fire and it was in pitch blackness through a forest. And I just started singing, Heidi, 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 ho. And then the whole, whole school started following me and I started giving all these variations. And the power just grew mm. and grew and grew. And I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. This is like, and especially because it was, 
silent. And that's mm. why music is magical. Like, yeah. I say people see with their eyes, but eventually you just let go. No one could see. They could just hear. Wow. And, you know, you're leading with your voice. It's cool. Yeah, it just reminds me of the Queen set for the... the I think it was around the live aid or something yes, like yeah, that yeah. We, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, gosh. Freddie, yeah Freddie mercury it's just unbelievable yeah. witnessing that <laughs> <laughs> and like just that whole narrative of where he'd come from the band the challenges but then that iconic performance yes well yeah. although that film the film just stuffed with the narrative to make yeah it more dramatic yeah. yeah which i don't know that film that doesn't sound like Hollywood at oh, all. That, yeah, that <laughs> film has its problems, especially as a musician, because you see like the roadies sitting on the amp, going, "Yeah, this is awesome." It's like, no, that does not happen. No, it was like so just too clean, too clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I reckon there's a few movies that represent things a little bit like that. Yeah. Matt, I want to talk about like the, the obviously the travel comes into it, like these big experiences. You give so much energy outwardly. You've also got to take care of yourself. How do you navigate your family life? alongside this like kind of pretty big responsibilities that are in mm. front of you yeah not always successfully i guess because mm. it's like you're tired and irritable and not there and not helping uh, it's been nice during covid to stay home it's also been nice saying no to things you know we have a bit of that luxury now it's like nah we're not going to europe you know mm. like we're not gonna stay home we're gonna do those gigs they're nice they'll pay us we're not gonna like push ourselves push ourselves push ourselves but I don't know what advice I have for that. Like, yeah, helping, yeah. I mean, I'm just very fortunate. My family's very loving and uh, my wife is incredible. But my art has no, I don't, you know, represent my family and my art. You yeah. know what I mean? There's always a distinction there. So yeah. I think it would be a lot harder if it was part of the persona. You know, I, I, don't, I don't really create content on social media unless, I, unless it's necessary. It's yeah. advertising and I get it, I'll do it. Unless it's art itself. It's an opportunity to create art, yeah. you know? And I think, yeah, I couldn't, I can't daily vlog. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. do that, you know? <laughs> no, I think it's, 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 all, it's just finding a sweet spot, right? Mm. Isn't it? It's like, you know, if you've got limited, I always think about, you've got limited fucks to give, where do you want to give your fucks? Yeah, you know, like like, it's like, yeah. you know, for you, if you want to channel that energy into the performance or the creative process for the new ideas around magic or whatever, like fucking do that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important. It's very easy to get led astray and com- comparing yourself, especially on social media and that kind of thing. Oh, oh I need to be DJing at that festival. Or you know, it's like, what? Totally. Yeah, I want to do magic. To <laughs> how many people were in? There was 450 people in Gosford last Saturday. I did some magic. That was cool. And probably only 100 of them actually saw the magic. <laughs> yeah, the magic. <laughs> but they had a good time. Yeah, they had a good time and I did as well. And I want that magic to be even better next time. You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Did you actually have to learn magic? Yeah, we, um, we commissioned a incredible magician, Melbourne magician called Richard Vegas. Cool. Great name. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> Talking about craft, like, isn't it just mm. wild? I never thought I'd get into magic. Yeah. I just thought it was pretty naff. <laughs> yeah. But then I saw it with, you know, like Michael Jackson. Yeah. In, in incorporating it into the show. Like, mm. how do you make the show better? Of course, we'd 
lead ourselves to magic. <laughs> yeah, in some ways, the yeah. inevitable <laughs> end point, isn't it? What's next? Yeah. But it's like, yeah, that's the mysticism, right, of like mm. magic is this I mean, Even the transcendental thing you're saying about energetics and like the sacred space, it's like, yeah, magic pulls us out of this human experience and puts us into this like liminal space where we're like, oh, I, I, I've got nothing to grab onto, yeah, you know, my yeah. reality. The and then High like, expectations. That's it, yeah. And then also like a great performers, uh, phenomenal diffusers of tension. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you bring up the high and then you cut it yes. down. And yeah. and I think that's what, what magic does so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you've got some shows coming up in May. What are we to expect? That's a, it's a good question with the music <laughs> yeah. industry. We right don't now. know. <laughs> because it's like, you know, oh, we expect festivals. Oh, no, they're cancelled. Or we mm. expect, you know, a tour. You know, we've had so many things cancelled. So we're just like, okay, this is coming up really soon for small club shows on yep. the East Coast. You know, packed venues magic we're gonna do some covers we've got lots of new material we've got lots of old material like it's when we play a festival it's hard to squeeze the songs yeah we have to cut them into medleys and you know squeeze them into a 60 minute set but doing our own show in a venue is really fun we can stretch out and yeah very cool and then i think i saw you guys are looking to create a club did I read that correctly? Yeah, well, yeah. We, yeah, we've we've got a song called Club Called Heaven. So it's like we're creating our own club called Heaven, which the song is about a nightclub in London, yeah. in Charing Cross called Heaven Nightclub. And we played there and that was a really magical show. So yeah, like recreating that vibe, yeah. Very cool. Where Do you have any more details of where that is? Yeah, all- so we've got um, in Melbourne, it's a 170 Russell and Sydney, we're playing at the Metro Theatre, playing in Hobart and we're playing in Brisbane as well. Yeah, it's all available online, yeah. Check it out, check yeah. it out. And just want to kind of round out your relationship with Harvey. Like mm. what a journey you guys have been on yeah. together. Like I'm sure huge highs, huge, huge lows, but what's, what's it been like to co-journey with someone through this? Yeah, well, it's like a marriage of sorts. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what's helped is that his, his brother, Geordie, is my old friend. Mm. So we're family. It is probably, yeah, closer to family than, yeah, than a marriage. I think it's just serendipitous that, his beat and my vocal came together and that's what worked and we're still working on that. And so that's like life. You just got to keep following the thing that works and it, it works between us. It's not like happy days, but it's also lots of fun. We've had a lot of fun along the way. We're, we're quite different yeah. in the way our brains work. I like kind of like multitasking and he likes focusing on one thing. Yeah. So there's all conflict arises from that, but through the madness and it's yeah, often yeah. quite mad. Yeah. Quite yeah. As well is... <laughs> Yeah, quite mad. Yeah. <laughs> we end up creating things. I think that's where the friction, often whilst it sucks at the time, is where the breakthrough is. Yeah, mm. there's this, even yeah. like being an entrepreneur and running a couple of businesses now, like there's a saying that on the edge of agitation is incredible breakthrough. Mm. And I think, you know, if there's a level of psychological safety amongst the team or the partnership, then you can challenge each other, get pissed off each other, but you know you'll come back to repairing it. Mm-hmm. And then the end game, which you're trying to. Re- produce the result of is the best product sure yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what counts that's yeah. what counts yeah. yeah we do a lot of work th- with young men mm-hmm. is there anything that you reflect back on your journey as a young man navigating all the things that you, you had to move through that you, you wish you knew that you know now um, and again it doesn't have to be polished or perfect mm. it's hard to speak for the past mm. there's so much chatter in my mind that i wouldn't know i can't decipher what's past and what's present so like I could say, oh, I wish I had a gratitude practice. Yeah. But I probably didn't need that then. Yeah. You know, like I was pretty invincible when I was young. Yeah. I thought I was. Yeah. 
I'm not sure what I could tell my younger self. I think it, what I hear in that is it's like it all played out how it played out. Yeah, I'm incredibly lucky. I, I have had an amazing life. So What a thing to be grateful for. Yeah. I mean, and in the end, it's not that for me, what I create is not about me. Mm. You know, I don't usually talk about me. Yeah. I feel a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Thanks, too. <laughs> like in a public setting, it's, yeah. quite, it's quite uncomfortable. I prefer to just talk about the art. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about me. It's about the work. And then, uh, and that's what I see in Prince. It's not yeah. about him. It's about his work. Mm. Yeah. And, and he is the persona of that work. Of that work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you. You know, thanks like, for having me. It's, yeah. um, you know, amazing to see the depth and breadth of, of you because I, I, you can see, to your point, like these unbelievable experiences where you're blowing people's minds, making them feel feels they've never felt. But then also just to kind of step in here and just be so open and authentic is, is really special. So I just want to say thank you oh, for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast or got some value out of it, we'd love your help to grow this thing. You can subscribe to the channel, share it with your mates, or show us some love on socials. We want to impact as many lives as possible, and we'd love your help in getting this out there. Thanks again.